Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today my guest is a first-year veterinary student. Miss Kim McFarland. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad Kim decided to join us today because she is a non-traditional student. And a non-traditional student means that the student did not go right from high school to college to vet school. And non-traditional students can come in all different backgrounds, all different stories. Maybe they applied multiple times. Maybe they found a new career in veterinary medicine. Maybe they Those are typically the two ones. They either didn't get in on the first time or they had another career. Um, Or if they wanted to take time off, if they just wanted to take time off to explore, to uh, travel, to try different things, to get a job. So today, Miss Kim is going to be our example of a non-traditional student. And hopefully by listening to her very exciting path, you'll get some ideas of what you could do if you don't go right from college to vet school. So Kim... Yes. First, let's. I think we should do this timeline format because I think it'll be helpful for us to break down the experience you had, what you learned from it, would you recommend it, why it was helpful to you, et cetera, et cetera. So let's first start with birth. (laughs) Did you did you know you wanted to be a veterinarian when you were a kid? Um, from a very young age, say about around ten or eleven, I did think I wanted to be a veterinarian. Yes. I loved playing um, with all my animals. I was very, very interested in science in general. I've always been interested in science. And um, conservation has also been something that's very near and dear to my heart. So, yes, there was definitely a very, very big interest from a young age. So when you were in high school, were you planning on college then vet school? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then you went from high school to undergrad. I did. Which you went to? I went to Florida State. Florida State. Uh, what was your major in undergrad? My major started off as um, biological sciences pre-vet, but I ended up taking an environmental science course as one of my electives and fell in love with it. And I was like, maybe this is more of where I wanted to go. Um, so maybe not medical, but focusing more on um, environmental conservation and wildlife conservation as a whole. So uh, in my second year, I switched my major. Oh, yeah. Okay. Environmental science. And then, what year did you graduate from college? <laughs> this is gonna really age me, Alex. Okay. Yes. Let's so, let's find out how non-traditional we're getting. How non-traditional this is. All right. So I actually graduated um, undergrad in two thousand and six. So two thousand and six. <laughs> And I, what I like about this is sometimes we'll have a non-traditional student who has taken one year off, but really you've taken 13, 13. years off of, from undergrad to vet school, which is good, which I'm excited to it's keep. Different. We're excited. It is different. And we like different. So let's mm-hmm. keep going. So switch the major, yeah. graduate from college. Yeah. And then what was your move? Um, I actually went uh, on to teach for a little bit. And I taught science in middle school. What did you learn about teaching middle school for yourself? Oh, well, uh, patience yep. and perseverance, I, expected I think, that. Okay. Yeah, are probably like the two biggest ones I can, I can 
I can say with a little bit of trepidation, but it's okay. You know, I'm a big girl now. Um, I definitely went home crying. Oh, a for few times. sure. <laughs> Middle school is crazy. Yeah. Would you recommend a pre-vet student who hmm. is trying to gain more life experience? Would you Would you recommend teaching? Absolutely. I love teaching. Um, I think it is uh, quite a challenge. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a great challenge. Yep. Um, it's a good way to figure out how to relay information yes. to other people. Yes. Um, it teaches you a lot, um, not only about subject matter, but about how you learn and, and mm. how you approach information, which is which is awesome. Yeah. And, and a huge piece of vet med is the client education part. Absolutely. And clients, you know, if you can teach a middle schooler science, you can teach a client how to administer medications to their animal. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's an option, guys, from Kim's background to potentially pursue a career in teaching for a little bit if Mm -hmm. you need to, if you decide to take time off. Now, at this stage of the game, did you still think you wanted to be a vet? I was, well, I had, I wanted to be a, um, a conservation biologist okay. at this point. And um, prior to graduating, I'd actually done an, um, a fellowship with the Smithsonian. Cool. Uh, so that was awesome. Now, the only reason I didn't end up going straight into conservation biology um, was I couldn't find a job. So the best paying job at the time was teaching. Wow, that's saying something, (laughs) if that was the best paying job. Okay, and were you still in the state of Florida? I was still in the state of Florida. Okay. In undergrad, were there any defining roles, clubs, extracurricular activities that you did that helped you prepare for vet school? I did, I served at a, uh, a country club in undergrad. Okay. So customer service experience. Yes. So customer service experience. Okay. Absolutely. So you wanted to go into conservation biology, mm. couldn't get a job, decided mm. to take teaching. Yes. That was your plan B. Yes. Um, then you taught for how many years? I taught for three years. And then what happened? And then I joined the army. You joined the army. Yes. And what was the, um, you know, the the motivation between about joining the army? Because what was your position in the army? My position in the army was um, a healthcare specialist or uh, a combat medic. How do they train you for that? Um, you do uh, quite a few months of so you start off with like general uh, soldier training, um, and then I believe that's what about two months, and then you move on to do uh, specialized training, which is uh, the training of your uh, your specialty, whatever your job is going to be. Um, so mine was actually in Fort Jackson, uh, South Carolina. And then I moved to uh, Fort Sam Houston, Texas for my medical training. Um, so that was, I believe it was another two or three months of like intensive um, medical training, quite similar to kind of like what I'm doing now in terms of just learning, you know, anatomy and medical mm-hmm. stuff. And then it transitioned into um, uh, physical, like actual combat training. So two uh, separate sections to it. One word that's more traditional and more kind of like nursing. Mm-hmm. And then one that was more like, this is what you have to deal with on like the wounds. battlefield. Right. What was it like being in the army? <laughs> um, exciting. It was a wild ride, I would say. Um, sometimes uh, very frustrating and uh, overwhelming. What was um, frustrating about it? 
I think just all the rules. There oh. are a lot, yeah, there are a lot of rules. There are a lot of uh, late nights. Um, a lot of walking, like a lot, a lot of ruck marching with heavy, um, uh, you know, with heavy equipment. How on. many push-ups can you do? Oh, or could geez. you do in your prime? Oh, uh, for one, I did um, eighty-eight in wow. two minutes. Yeah. You've already mentioned so you were in South Carolina and then Texas. Yeah. Then where else did you go? Um, then I went overseas actually. So, um, my first duty station after my medical training was in South Korea. Um, so of course, you know, we're an, an armistice with, with North Korea. So, um, that's an armistice. Yes. So it's like a, a break in war. We're not at peace with them, uh-huh. but we're not we're actively. Right. It's okay. kind of like a timeout. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how long were you in the army? I was in the army for four years. Now, what I'm learn, what I'm hearing is, you got trained correct by the army. Yeah. You got to travel yeah. with the army. Did yes. you make friends while in the army? Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of sounding like the army is a good experience. It's a fantastic experience. It's fantastic. Um, I'd have to say the best part, apart from the traveling, um, is the benefits. Like once you actually serve your time and um, you're diligent and and you know. Uh, you've done your job well. I must say that uh, helping to pay for school is a fantastic. Oh, mm-hmm. so like you get monthly. Yes, I get a monthly stipend. And Even though you're not in the army anymore. Correct. Are you in the reserves? No, I finished my reserves already. Wow. Mm-hmm. So a lot of benefits. And you did not see any in your face battles, war. Correct. Yeah. Well, this is sounding like a good deal. Would we recommend this to pre-vet students? I would absolutely recommend um, joining the military if that is something you think you can handle um, or a challenge that you're willing to undertake. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I like that. To give them an option. If the military isn't for you, take on a challenge. Mm. You worked with veterinarians in the Army. Talk about that. So um, since I had uh, such a vast interest in uh, becoming a veterinarian, actually it was through my internship uh, or my fellowship rather um, with the Smithsonian that I realized that I didn't have to choose um, being a, uh, a veterinarian or a conservation biologist. By being a veterinarian, I could technically do both. Um, so uh, that kind of got me re-interested in uh, becoming a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I got into the military, I actively sought out um, uh, experiences with Army veterinarians. The Army is the only branch of the military that has veterinarians. Um, and then those veterinarians can be sent out to any other branch. So Army veterinarians can be working with the Navy, with their marine mammal um, cool. their marine mammal uh, unit. Uh, they can be sent out to any other unit as well to with all the, the animals that are deployed um, or for food safety, whatever is necessary. What mm-hmm. were you seeing veterinarians do? Um, so I worked um, in garrison, which means that they're not uh, deployed. They're, they're at peacetime. They're at home. Um, however, I did work with um, the military working dogs that were being deployed. Mm. So I got to send off um, a deploying unit of um, of military police with their dogs. Uh, so I was responsible for putting all the dogs' packs together, getting all of their uh, vaccines done. Even um, though you were not a veterinarian, correct. you got to help them. Absolutely. Oh, yes. cool. So that's the, one of the wonderful things about the military, if you choose to undertake this challenge, is that you 
as long as you do your job properly and you're um, you know you're polite and you have a good relationship with the people that are in, that are uh, in charge um, you can get what you want cool you can get to where you want to get to absolutely awesome okay so now we are seven years out of undergrad yes we finished the military we're enjoying our benefits yes then what happens? Okay, so uh, after that, I for a brief stint, I actually worked at a uh, humane society in my last duty station, which was in Colorado. Um, after I got out of the uh, of active duty, um, and then that, of course, working at a humane society wasn't making very much money. Um, <laughs> Were you a technician? I was. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, so after that, thankfully, the um, the one of the schools I used to work for needed a, a science teacher. That position opened back up. And so I took my old job, okay. thankfully, with a nice raise, um, which was nice. So then I moved back to Florida and ended up teaching high school this time. And how was high school different than middle school? Um, a little bit quieter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a little bit more chill. Yes. They know themselves a little bit better. Yes, a little bit. Um, but it was, it was. I think it was a really great review, like a science mm. review for me, because I had to stay on top of um, everything that was new yeah. um, in science. And so I actually uh, pursued my master's degree during uh, my time teaching the second time around. Okay, so now we've, mm. we have done teaching middle school, active duty army, working as a, a health Healthcare specialist? A healthcare specialist, mm-hmm. like a medic. Yeah, combat medic is, is a lot more exciting. I'm Com- cool. Combat medic. Yeah. Then we went back to teach high school. And what subject in high school was it? So I taught biology, marine science, um, environmental systems. Oh, those are all your subjects. That's cool. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to get a master's degree. Why did you choose the master's degree at this time? I chose the master's degree uh, twofold. One, I knew that if I uh, still wanted to pursue veterinary medicine at some point in the future, having a master's degree would make me more competitive. Um, and two, uh, teaching science at a high school level is 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 quite challenging. There's a lot of science involved. And it's a very high level. I was teaching IB. Mm, um, wow. So I also wanted more science knowledge. Okay. So you got a master's in biology. I did. From? Uh, Florida Atlantic University, FAU. Did you go online or were you in the classroom? I was in the classroom. So that's juggling a lot. because I was struggling a lot. As a high school teacher, any teacher, you're taking your job home at night most Absolutely. nights. Okay. So you were quite busy then. So that's another yes. challenge yes. to teach more patience, resilience, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, you're saying you thought you wanted to be a conservation biologist and you're learning that you can have both. What does a conservation biologist do? Um, so at, at, in the Smithsonian, I worked with a conservation biologist and his uh, specialty was um, a deer. So he worked with uh, various varieties of deer. He was working with um, uh, checking their... Uh, their fecundity and their um, what is their fecundity? So, <laughs> like how um, how they're able to uh, to reproduce, okay, and um, their population levels and things like that. He works mostly with uh, Asian deer. Um, my job uh, when I worked there was uh, for 
um, working with various species of uh, butterflies and native plants in Virginia. Um, so you were uh, taking note of native species of butterflies and native plants that we saw because there's a serious invasive species issue. Um, so it's more like keeping those in check. So it was more of like a check on. Um, I was also a part of the uh, global initiative for um, reducing carbon dioxide levels. Mm. So we were actually actively checking carbon dioxide levels with uh, plants. We would collect um, dead and dying leaves and um, measure the carbon dioxide that was being released. So it was a whole thing. Um, the so name escapes me like, right now. So but. it kind of sounds like conservation biologists could be doing a lot of different things, but the bottom line is conserving life in some fashion. Yes. Okay, so how long did it take you to complete the master's? Uh, so it took two, two and a half years because I was uh, teaching full-time as well. And did the benefits from the military help pay for the master's? Yes. Okay, perfect. So two and a half years, and then you're like, it's my time to apply to vet school? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, and keep in mind that the, the whole time that I was teaching, I was also taking prerequisites because changing my major meant that I did not have the prerequisites necessary for veterinary school. Um, so I couldn't apply to veterinary school right after undergrad, even if I wanted to. I didn't qualify. Um, so uh, taking prerequisites uh, did two things. It kept me... Um, engaged in science and apart from teaching it and it also allowed me to uh, raise my GPA mm -hmm. which was nice as right, well. Right, right. How were you feeling when you were finally finished with this master's and you knew you were going to be applying to vet school after so many years since being an undergrad? What, what were you feeling when you knew you were going to be this non-traditional student? Apprehensive. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, you know, oh, man, I'm too old. Mm -hmm. You know, um, everyone's going to be so much younger than yeah. me. Yeah, I, I could have been 10 years into my career by now. Oh, that's and, true. I, you know, I still I still think about that all the time. Um, I, I worked with uh, a veterinarian on Saturday, actually, who is the exact same age as me. Oh, God. Uh, but what do you do? You have regrets? Are you glad you did the way you did? Would you change anything? Um. You know, even though I often think that I would, I don't, I, I wouldn't, no. Um, looking back, I think that the things that I have done have led me to where I am now and has allowed me to um, to deal with such a huge change. This is still a huge change. As much experience as I have, mm -hmm. and I'm, uh, I'm older than my classmates, and it's still, it's such a huge change. Um, thing to to uh, acclimate to mm -hmm. um, it's still been very challenging um, so I, I think I think I'm at the the right place at the right time you got in on the first time I got in on the first time but but so many years later 13 years yeah, later I know I know and you know I maybe I could have gotten <laughs> in um, you know on the first time around if I tried it sooner yeah um, I think I was I also had a little bit of self-doubt uh, mm. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think my application 
And now what do you think? (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, I I now think, yeah, Yeah, of course I can do this. Yeah, you're awesome. And you've told me that in the interview, because when you first told me your story, I'm like, oh my gosh, they must have ate that up in the interview. Mm -hmm. But you say that they told you you could have talked even more about yourself. Correct. (laughs) Um, So at the end of the interviews, you're allowed to ask questions. So one of my questions was, should I not get in this cycle? What advice would you give me for... Uh, next year's cycle and they said be a better advocate for yourself so they uh, were implying that I did not speak enough about my experiences they wanted to hear more yeah um, about my experiences, which was really nice. Right. Well, yeah, better than the alternative of yeah. you need to chill out. Right. And I wonder if that's partly your general demeanor, but maybe also military training where it's like more of a humble right. profession, but also yeah. so powerful. So maybe it's like you don't brag, you just right. show, you show, not tell. True. Maybe. True. Yeah. Uh, so I always thought that was funny that, yeah. like, because you have a treasure trove of experiences you could talk about. <laughs> Now we've made it to vet school. Yes. We have this whole huge, beautiful, diverse background that we're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. I'd also love to talk to you about you're a non-traditional student because you're also an underrepresented minority student. Yes, indeed. Racially. Yes. What has that transition been like? How are you feeling? What do you think that means now? Um, I think it means good things for veterinary medicine as a whole. Um, I see in my classroom, I don't see many brown faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's good. Uh, it could definitely be better, but I'm very proud to say that this, our, our class was the first class that uh, had a little bit of a different yes. um, entry admissions process. Ad- admissions process. Mm-hmm. Um, so allowed for greater diversity. We have the most uh, diverse class racially and um uh, and gender wise mm-hmm. so we have the most amount of men in our class um as opposed to previous classes um and you guys have so, a really fun class yes i'd like to think that class. all of that attributes to it yes yeah. yes very fun um very diverse so supportive of each other mm-hmm. i have a fantastic class yes. yes um what would advice would you give to other underrepresented minority students so I, when i say underrepresented minority Um, In any situation, that would be a group of individuals who just is a minority of the group. So for Mm -hmm. vet med, it's typically a white profession, typically white female. Um, And if you listen to the podcast, you know I talk about this a lot, that there are a lot of issues with that. We're not going to be able to serve clients uh, in any profession if the profession itself is homogenous, if everybody looks the same, comes from similar lived experiences. So we try to increase diversity, not only for clients, but for the sake of the classroom as well. So we can have diversity of thought, diversity of ideas. So what would you tell underrepresented minority students who are pursuing this profession when they also look out and don't see you know, right. faces that look like theirs? I would say uh, keep pushing. You need to, you need to push through. Um, and uh, don't let those doubts stop you, right? Um, I just saw, I forgot where the quote was from, but um, I think it was Miss, the Miss Universe winner from South Africa. Oh, she's and so she was fabulous. like, you need to, um, what'd she say? Take you up to, space. You need to take up space. Yes. There we go. So absolutely, um, I would say to unrepresented minorities, you need to take up space. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you have that spot in that classroom and, and you keep going. And when... And own that space, too, yeah. because you need to recognize how important you are. And that is a selling point for you, that we need you. We 
the profession needs you. Absolutely. So definitely, yeah, take up that space. Absolutely. Of the 120 seats, you need yes, to be one of them. you need to be one of them. Absolutely. What would you tell the older applicants who are listening? You can do it. You can, you can <laughs> absolutely, it's never too late to change careers. Um, one uh, person I worked with, actually a veterinarian I worked with in Colorado, kind of gave me um, hope to be like, I can do this. And, um, and I, you know, as long as I get all my, my prerequisites done, this is possible. She uh, actually entered veterinary school at 40 years old. Yes, I after love that. Being, after being an accountant. Oh. <laughs> so she went from Ugh. accounting. Interesting. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's odd. If you can yeah. go from accounting to a veterinarian, then I can do this too. For sure. So, yeah. Good. So you are a prime example of a student who did not give up. Right. Who did not, who who took challenges as a good thing. Yes, like absolutely. let's let's bring some challenges into yeah, our life, yeah. um, which is going to be helpful because clinics will be coming up any day now oh, yeah. and you oh, will yeah. be ready for that mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for the students listening in, whether they're underrepresented or not, whether they're 20 or 40? What advice do you have now that your first year, first semester mm-hmm. is over? Um, I still have to go with never give up because setbacks happen um, you know, I didn't have a perfect GPA. Um, I didn't always have experiences. I, I went out and I, and I sought them. And, um, uh, you know, even if I didn't have like the perfect application, I let people know that I'm hardworking and I'm willing to, to do these things. And, you know, and if I couldn't get in, I volunteered so they could see my work ethic. Mm. Um, that's usually how I got the majority of my jobs was volunteering. And then I got hired. Um, so I would, I would have to say you need to keep pushing forward. You cannot give up even this semester. I can't tell you so many times that I did feel like giving up. It's so much work. It's so much. (laughs) Um, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of information really fast where they say it's like drinking water from a fire hose. hose. It's, it's tough. They're not kidding. They're not (laughs) I thought they were exaggerating. They were not. No. And with as much experience as I have, I was like, man, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I was going through like mm. a lot of um, like self-doubt. I was like, I thought I was like the older, wiser one. What is happening to me? Uh, but it's just it's just a transition. And it's just it's um, it takes some getting used to. Uh, but you got to push forward. You got to keep pushing. You can do it. Kim, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. I loved going back in time for your (laughs) career and looking forward into the future and how you're encouraging our students to never give up. Absolutely. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.